Big Ten Backers Podcast. This is your podcast for Big Ten football or anything college football related. From Jim Harbaugh's shirtless escapades to Brett Billima's hog-sized waistline with Ryan Day's beard dye and anything else in between. Big Ten Backers has the headlines from around the college football landscape. Oh, hey there, Big Ten Backers. This is your host, AJ, with Buckeye Steve. We just call him Top Beef. Grab a beer. We'll put college football in your ear. Let's bring out those big-ass dump trucks. Baby got back. That she does. These ones all got back. And this next one is the backers' big one. The Red River Shootout. Some people call it a showdown. Some people call it a rivalry. It was originally the shootout before they tried to go all PR on it. But we don't do that shit here. It's the fucking shootout. Number 12, Oklahoma. At number 3, Texas. 12 p.m. on A. B, C, B. This is one of the biggest rivalries in all of college football and all of sports for that matter. Texas leads the all-time series 63-50-5. This is the 119th meeting between the two. Played uninterrupted since 1929. 95,000 plus will be in attendance to watch the Crimson versus the Burnt Orange in the Cotton Bowl at the Texas State Fair. Oklahoma brings in the ninth best offense in college football. Gaining most of those stats via the air. The defense, though, they just sit outside the top 30. Not a great defense here, and that's been mostly against inferior competition. Texas brings the 18th ranked offense and the 17th ranked defense. It's a well-balanced team, Beef. The offense has proven itself, too, against that Bama defense. Beef, Texas has found a way to replace Bijan Robinson. Yeah, dude, did you see that 30-yard scamper by the Texas hillbilly himself, Ewers? I guess he got his hair cut. Now he's classy Texas now. But, man... If he can run like that, he's going to scare defensive coordinators, even if it's not on a regular basis, just that he shows that he can scamper a little bit. Watch out. But man, the uniqueness of this game is like none other. You know, you know, when we're back at Notre Dame, the uniqueness of all the history there and things outside the stadium. Well, this has its own flair like that. It's at a state fair. There's a lot going on around. It's split down the middle. It's not at either of their home fields. So half the stadium is that burnt orange and half the stadium has got that Oklahoma feel, you know, the crimson and cream. It's just unique. It's something that we got to experience. And when we expand to the south, that's got to be one of the first stops we go to, man. Anyway, Oklahoma's opponents are 11 and 9 this year. Diving deep into what's going to go on in this game, 11 and 9. And those opponents also consist of Arkansas State, SMU, Tulsa, and Cincinnati. Not exactly well-oiled machine, right? Give me that battle-tested Texas Longhorns all day whose opponents are 17 and 8 this season, including that win in Tuscaloosa. And against a surprisingly good Wyoming Cowboys team. Old Sarkeesian will probably fall off the wagon, but this time because of celebratory cocktails after the game. They win and control the game, but I think the score remains relatively close. The difference in this game, like I've talked about before, come down to those hogs in the trenches. I give that to Texas. The Longhorns, baby. Horns up all day. All right, let's get into those predictions, Beef. I'm taking Texas. 38-28. to 28. Over. You know, I really like that score. 35-24. Something close. Boom. We're in there. we in there like booty hair. Let's move on to the next dump truck. We got number 20, Kentucky, at number one, Georgia. 
6 p.m. on ESPN. These two undefeated teams will face off in Athens. Georgia struggled on their first road trip of the season against Auburn. It's always better to learn in victory than defeat. Kentucky comes into play at second-ranked SEC team in consecutive weeks after destroying the Gators at home. They are a 15-point underdog for these Wildcats against those big dogs down in Georgia. Can the Wildcats run on those dogs like the Tigers did last week? Beef. What's the chances Kentucky shocks the nation? You know, big games like this can often come down to who keeps their balls. The turnover margin. You gotta keep a hold of your balls to win the game. There's no giving away that shit, right? Interestingly enough, both these teams are tied in turnover ratio at 38th in the nation with a plus two turnover margin. So they've had two more turnovers than they've given away. The home field goes to Georgia, and Georgia allows 13 points per game to Kentucky's 15.2 points per game. Georgia's best wins are South Carolina at 2-3 and three, and Auburn at 3-2, and two, and a noted relatively close first half with UAB, who is 1-4. Kentucky is looking excellent at 5-0, and oh, but their opponents are combined 9-17 and 17 on the season. Looking hotter than advertised is like a girl in a push-up bra. Looks good on the outside, but once you get down to it, it's really not that good. Or like those stupid shoes they sell to short men. Their record is fake, man. And Georgia's got too much talent. I wanted to I wanted to find a way to pick Kentucky, but I just can't. This goes down to Georgia having the horses to win the game. 38-21 is my score. Brock gets a TD late in the game to seal the deal. I'm pretty close to you, Beav. I got 34-17 Georgia, but I think it's the opposite. I, Georgia is up 34-10, and then Wildcats sneaking the score at the end. Let's get into the next game. I don't know if it's quite a dump truck, but it also ain't quite flat back. So... Let's talk about number 10, Notre Dame, down in Louisville against the Cards, 7.30 p.m. ABC game. Fighting Irish travel to the home of the Cards and this Louisville slugger. The Irish have been riding that emotional roller coaster the last two weeks, losing and winning one in the closing seconds of a game. They were on the road last week in the ACC and I guess they figured they'd shoot another shot at another ranked ACC team. Jeff Brom and his team were in a dogfight last week, too, against the Wolfpack. But they ended up in the missionary position on top. The Cards have been a surprise team this year and just now getting a ranking to go with it. If they pull this one out, everyone is going to start saying they come beat. Can the Cards do anything to this top 15 Notre Dame defense well first of all Brahms having a hell of a season for a homecoming but do that beat Notre Dame I don't think it's happening Notre Dame's gonna send him to his hell with a big old L on the season Notre Dame has a plus five turnover margin to Plummer the quarterback for the cards already having six INTs on the season and that's what makes a difference in a game like this Louisville's looking good but it's an overreaction at this point much like Kentucky, they look good against really bad teams. Hartman had a hero movement last week. And like a fentanyl addict, after receiving a Narcan revival, he'll be back riding his high on his adrenaline, rushing to a winning game on sheer determination. That, along with their rushing game, takes them above the cards, who were having trouble scoring last week, only getting 13 points. Let me know your prediction. What do you got, AJ? I'm going to go... With 34-21 Notre Dame. 34-21. You bumped that up a little bit, huh? I did. I did. I'm starting to, starting to feel that Notre Dame. I think you talked me into I'm it. I'm feeling baby. that Notre Dame, too. 42-24. Yes, sir. Here's another one that kind of barely, barely slid in there. 
in the dump truck category. But we got number 23 LSU at Missouri, 12 p.m. on ESPN. Mizzou comes in undefeated. LSU comes in disappointed. Both teams are on different paths. Do these paths switch? Can the Tigers of Mizzou stay undefeated? LSU has the fourth-ranked offense, but absolutely no defense. These Tigers can score, but with that small D, you know they ain't getting no ring. Beef. I still think this is a close one. I want to take the Tigers of Mizzou, 38-34. You? I got Mizzou, too. I got some more points. 45-44. LSU's quarterback, Daniels, to neighbors, that combo. Keeps the fireworks rolling. It's just not enough for the dub. Right on, Beef. Well, that's it for the dump trucks. But let's get into the, some of that Big Ten action. Let's go, baby. Let's bring on the big. Bring it on. Big Ten Roundup. We have our Midwest Corn Fest game of the week. Maryland at number four Ohio State. Big Noon kickoff, obviously, at noon. The Terps crawl into Columbus, the land of Scarlet Haze with woody grains of Buckeye Grove. Ohio State is back in action since their historic win in South Bend. Maryland comes in undefeated. Tyalua leads Maryland's offense, has them ranked 16th in college football, scoring at 38 points a game. Ohio State's offensive line will be tested against this terped up D. Currently has 13 sacks on the season. This is the first time Ohio State has played an undefeated team five weeks in a row in history. B, we will see how strong this number two scoring silver bullet defense holds up to this shell-shocking offense of the Terrapins. This Ohio State defense is key to their games from here on out. They are limiting big plays, and that was the focus of the offseason. Well, Jim Knowles delivered, but Maryland, with 30 plays of 20-plus yards, is 14th in the nation. Like you said, Ohio State is second in the nation on defense, allowing just 8.5 points per game. Seeing how McCord handles the confidence after the hero moment at Notre Dame with that last-second comeback drive, It'll be very telling of what's to come for the rest of the season for those Buckeyes. Will he let loose and air it out to Marv? Man, with a guy like Marv, Marvin Harrison Jr., you just have to throw it up and let the man make plays. He's there to make plays, and that's what he needs to do. Throw the ball in the air. Let him come down with it. Those 50-50 balls are more like 80-20 balls. Another point or key to the game is Tulia Tungavailoa and turnovers, man. As a quarterback with... Maryland. He has 29 interceptions in his college career, but only three so far this year, which is a good sign for those turtles. He was always good for an inopportune interception in the years past, but this year, 13 touchdowns and like I said, three interceptions. He has a pretty good ratio now. They have played not so great team, but they're blowing them out. They're blowing them out of the damn water. That's what they're supposed to do. They have scored 193 points this season, but have only had 66 points scored against them. What's your prediction for the game? Beave, I'm going to predict this at 34-20. Ohio State pulls away late, but I got one thing to add. This could get uglier. Josh Gaddis, the former Michigan offensive coordinator, is the offensive coordinator for Maryland. He is also the one that started the whole Buckeyes defense is soft. It's been a bye week. Ryan Day's 
sensitive to that word, and this is the man who started it. There could be a lot more fireworks than people anticipate. What you got, Beef? I got to give you a high five over the middle, man. We just Eiffel Tower that score prediction. 34-20. I'm with you. Right on. Let's get on to some more of that big on big action. We got number two, Michigan at Minnesota. It's a 7.30 p.m. game on NBC. P.J. Fleck and Jim Harbaugh set to face off for the rights of the Little Brown Jug in this 2023 edition of the Eminem matchup. P.J. better go all Eminem and lose himself in this game because he got one shot, one opportunity to seize everything. But too bad Slim Shady is a Michigan man. I don't see that happen. The Golden Gophers used to be just good enough to almost compete to represent the Big Ten West. Now those days are gone. They're struggling. Michigan comes in looking like one of the most complete teams in college ball. They have the number one scoring defense and a bolstering offense to boot, averaging 411 total offensive yards per game. The Gophers aren't swallowing these hard balls. These Wolverines, they have a set beef. Yeah, man, the only thing I can say is I'm really looking forward to the time I can dissect a game where Michigan has to do more than just show up. But we'll have to wait. Wait until the last three games of the season for Michigan to be at least challenged. They play the last three games at Penn State, at Maryland, and then at home in the game. I can't wait for that to happen. We got to wait till all the way at the end of fucking November for it to happen. But it will get here eventually. This defense, though, they win big for this team. Only allowing six points a game. Man, only Iowa could score less than that. What's your prediction for this one? Michigan. Huge, huge. 38-13. to 13. Somehow, Minnesota gets a touchdown near the end and goes over that six-point average Michigan's given up. Cali Lickamianus is going to be pressured all game. 42-10. We have the Big Ten Friday night fight under the lights on Fox Sports 1 at 8 p.m. for Nebraska at Illinois. First of all, I want to give a shout out in regards to the monster of Midway himself, Dick Buckus. Be praying for your family. He may be gone, but his memory will live on forever. He was the king of toughness and tenacity. Oski wow wow to you. Dick Buckus. Matt and Brett, they've been struggling, struggling to find some footing this season. Who will find their balls first and get their team set up for the win? There's been no champagne in Illinois this season. Turnovers have plagued the Illini. And same for the Cornhuskers. Hard to say who has an edge in this game, Beef, because they both have been dull as fuck. It reminds me of dating in your 30s. But Beef, who's giving who balls here? All this talk about balls and champagne. There's no sex in the champagne room, man. But this game, Nebraska has to win this to get back some hope. Some, even just a little piece of hope. Illinois looked defeated after that loss last week. I mean, they got hammered by Purdue. Waxed. They got fucking waxed. Put that shit on, lathered it on, and pulled that hair out, man. They got their bikini line waxed against it. I was not expecting that from Purdue. But the Cornhuskers, they also got waxed pretty bad. But it was to a great team in Michigan. So I give the momentum to the Huskers, and they win this. What do you got? Beave, I'm taking the Cornhuskers 17-16. There might be eight turnovers in this game and only 33 points. That's kind of the vibe of this game. I got a close one, too. Just a little bit different score, 21-17. Huskers. Got Rutgers traveling out to Wisconsin, 12 p.m. on the cock. 
the peacock that is, Rutgers travels from Piscataway to Madison, home of my man, the late Chris Farley. I am El Nino. Yo soy El Nino. For those of you who don't habla espanol, El Nino is Spanish for the Nino. To face the Badgers of Wisconsin, both teams coming in with only one loss, both to highly ranked teams on the road. Rutgers has been reliant on the run, rushing 63% of the time. Wisconsin has struggled in the air despite Bill Longo's pass rate. This should be an old-fashioned kind of day. Both drinks and Big Ten football. You know there's going to be a lot of ground and pound. Mix old fashions and Wisconsin football with a splash Piscataway, and you get a cock showing on Peacock. Man, this whole anything on a cock thing has got to go. I do not want to pay for a streaming service. And if you do it, you're a dumbass. Because eventually, all our games are going to be on different streaming services, and we're going to have to have a subscription to 20 different ones just to catch the season. Don't do it. Don't buy in. Don't be that asshole. Block that cock. The Badgers are a real hope for the Big Ten West, though, now. And that loss to Washington State earlier in the season suddenly is not looking too bad the way Washington State's playing, man. They're scoring. The Badgers are scoring 33 points per game. Good for 38th in the nation. So not bad, but not necessarily good. I just wish Chaz Malusi was still with them, man. Seeing him go down with that gruesome injury, he won't be back till next year. But I still got the Badgers winning. What do you got? Yes, give me Luke Fickles, Badgers, 24-17. to 17. They get the win. Yeah, the jump around's the difference here. I got it, 28-10. We got Purdue at Iowa, 2.30 p.m. game on the cock. You heard it here, Big Ten backers. Or a bunch of cock blockers. We do not like these peacock games. Wait. But when you get to this game. Wait, man, wait, it's... wait. This is a peacock game too? Number two? on. This is another peacock Damn. game. Damn. They're getting worse on us. But you know when these teams face, they're going to be like, Yo, what's your team's colors? Black and gold. No way. What's your team's colors? Um, Black and gold. No way. Both these teams though, they're fool's gold. But they're going to battle it out anyways. Old gold on Hawkeye gold. These teams are 1-1 one one in conference play. Who will pick up this crucial win in Iowa City? Purdue has a poor defense. Iowa, a poor offense. Despite all this gold talk, these motherfuckers are broke. And jokes aside here, Beef, we get to see the halftime wave. The best tradition in all of sports. Just my opinion anyways, Beef. I love it. I love it too, but hate to break it to you. We won't be seeing it because we don't support the cock. Block the cock, baby. Highlights, Beef. Purdue's defense is so bad, I might just have to give Iowa a few extra points this week. They got 23.625 points per game this season, so they're still able to crack that 25 points per game. They need 27 points to get back on top of that average. Purdue gives up 29.6 points per game. So there's a real possibility. What you got for your prediction? I'm going to go 30 to 27 spoiler makers. You give them right at that 27 mark, just enough to break the 25. Clip that 25. Well, I told you I got to give them some points. Last week, I broke it down at two to nothing. This week, I got Iowa, three to nothing. One of these times, it's going to hit, man. Well, let's get into Brett Bielema's Cupcakes. 
His fat ass only left us one this week, so not a whole lot to talk about, but we got Howard at Northwestern, 2 p.m. on BTN. Yeah, that sounds like a game where they're just reading books. No one's going to be at that stadium. Not a damn soul. We got Indiana, Michigan State, and Penn State all on a bye this week. They'll be back in action next week. But, Beef, you know what time it is. You hear that tremor. You hear it. I don't think I do. I'm listening. There it is. All right, let's trim the landscape. We just trim the landscape. We got number 13, Washington State at UCLA on the Pac-12 network at 3 p.m. These Cougars, they score, and they score often. They get what they want, when they want, averaging 46.8 points per game and 406 yards passing per game. These are some good-looking Cougars, Beef, that are fun to watch, and boy, can they put on a show. UCLA brings in the dominant running game with 5.8 per pop. Can they run deep into this Cougs defense? UCLA is looking to bounce back after losing on the road to Utah. They had a bye week to kind of figure things out. Chip Kelly is hoping to Bruin the season for Washington State. Beef, break down the Bruins and the Cougars. Yeah, scoring with Cougars, it's like a new age girls gone wild. That's a great idea. Anyway, let's dive into that game. I have to say, Joel Klatt on his podcast has been spot on about the Cougs, man. He says Washington State is this year's TCU. I could see that, too. They have that veteran quarterback that just wills them to games. Washington State has good wins over a 4-1 and Wisconsin and a 4-1 and Oregon State, which is the third OSU, by the way. Oklahoma State's two. Ohio State's number one OSU. Just in case anyone wanted that cleared up. We got that Buckeye, Steve. We got that. Most of our listeners may not know him yet, but they will by the end of the year. Cameron Ward. Remember that name. Cameron Ward. He is 106 completions on 142 attempts at almost 75 completion percentage for 1,390 yards. 13 touchdowns, and zero interceptions. He's the one leading them. What kind of prediction you got for me? Beef, the Cougars slide one out in L.A., 34-27. Yeah, and I don't know why Vegas has UCLA. I just, I can never get behind UCLA because every time you get your hopes up for them, they always fall flat. And the way this Cougars team is playing. I got them 45-31. Let's move on. Syracuse at number 14, North Carolina, 330 on ESPN. Syracuse was off to a fast start until they played Clemson. And then the Orange got squeezed to a pulp. The Orange favored the rush over the pass, averaging 190 yards per game on the ground. They are back in action against the Tar Heels. The Tar Heels have quietly made their way to the 14th ranking in the nation. Mac Brown and the Tar Heels are poised to represent in the ACC championship game. Tar Heels have a stout passing game averaging 296 per game. Beef, let's talk about Drake May. Drake May all day. He was a Heisman hopeful for North Carolina. 
but they have the home field advantage this time. And that Heisman hopeful, he just can't compare to those West Coast quarterbacks, man. They're getting too much love, and he has five touchdowns with four interceptions. Not exactly Heisman numbers. I'll take the M&Ms all day. Mac and May in this one. Let's break down Syracuse a little bit. Syracuse comes in 18th in the nation, giving up only 14.8 points per game. And they have a plus three turnover differential, tied for 26 in the nation. But it's not enough to overcome those Tar Heels. Syracuse starts off 3-0 and for like the third time in three years, and then they just fall off the face of the earth. I got North Carolina, 21-10. I will take North Carolina, 28-17. Beef, this next game should have been in the dump trucks. Boys, it got a big ass. I don't understand how Texas A&M ain't ranked. Kirby Smart said every SEC team should be ranked. He's wrong there, but this Texas A&M team definitely should. But Alabama plays at Texas A&M, 330 on CBS. Nick Saban and the Tide have performed much better in wounded elephant mode. Texas A&M have been punished and punished hard for that early loss to Miami. They will bounce back quickly in a win over the GOAT and the Tide. Will Bama lose to another Texas team? Will they lose to Texas A&M twice in consecutive years? Does the seat get hot, hot, hot for old Jimbo Shrimp if he loses this one? There could be a lot of coach talk between these two coaches. Beef, much like your hair, whoever loses this game, those playoff chances are gone. Yeah, you get those two losses and it starts to dwindle down real quick. And with the teams left in the hunt, I don't think that there's going to be even a one-loss team in this year. It comes down to turnovers, man. Texas A&M has shown they can turn over the ball quite a bit. Jalen Milrow for Alabama, I believe he has three interceptions, but is known to fumble the ball a few times. And especially fumbling the snap. They've had some bad snaps, which is awkward, especially for an Alabama team. But Texas A&M turns over the ball just a bit more. Um, That's what worries me in this game. Alabama is at Texas A&M, so I'm giving the clip just barely to Texas A&M. I think they pull this out. I think Alabama's dominance in the trenches is going to be shown. This Texas A&M Aggies defensive front gets after the quarterback, and they get after him quick. They sack the quarterback an awful lot this season, so I'm going with the Aggies to put pressure on Jalen Milrow and cause some turnovers. Aggies win by 7, 49-42. Mm, that is scoring. You got some faith in those offenses. I'm taking the Aggies 28 to 27. Beef, we got number 24, Fresno State, playing in Wyoming at 7 p.m. on Fox. Beef, I know you like your Cowboys, so I figured I'd add this little gem to the script just for you. We have two of the best non-Power 5 teams facing off. Fresno State, undefeated. Wyoming only losing to Texas. It's the little things that get Beef excited, or is Beef's little thing excited? We may not know. Beef, here you go. Go all Wyoming on everyone. Cowboys, baby. Wyoming is a good team, and I keep saying it. I've been saying it. I love them. I love returning production. The Cowboys were second in the nation, only behind Florida State. They gave Texas a good half for the first half, and they're the number one team. I got them number one in our poll. They beat Texas Tech. 
They beat Appalachian State, which is also a good team. And after looking into Fresno State some more, they beat some good teams too, if you want to call Purdue and Arizona State good. But at least, you know, a Power 5 conference. Their defense is a plus 8 in the turnover margin, which is all the way at the top. The game is in Laramie. Wyoming is a hard place to play. And I have to go with returning talent. I got Wyoming. I got the Cowboys. This is going to be a good game. Good football. May not be marquee, but it's good football. What you got for a score? Beef, I know you like to mix your Cowboys and nuts since you're a Buckeye fan and apparently a Cowboy fan, so you enjoy those Cowboy nuts. I'm going to take Wyoming, 37-34. I got a three-point differential, too, but it's 27-24. Right on, Beef. I think it's time to get into AJ and Beef's best quickies. We got Arizona at number nine, USC on ESPN at 10.30 p.m. We got Oregon State at Cal on the Pac-12 network at 10 p.m. Couple of uh, pack after dark there. We got Arkansas at number 16, Ole Miss, SEC network, 7.30 p.m. And for the top of it all, Virginia Tech at Florida State, 3.30 ABC. That's the quickies. But you know, you know what time it is. It's time to get a hold of Matt, get him to talk Vegas. Let's get him in here. Let's do this town they call Vegas. Let's get Matt back in here and let's have him talk about Vegas. Because Matt done fucked up Vegas again. How we doing, Matt? Doing well, sir. How you doing? Always good. Thanks for coming. Let's get into these records from last week. You know, he enjoys coming. Everybody enjoys coming. Absolutely. But Matt, go ahead and break down these records from last week. Let us know how yes. we're staying. Yes. Pretty pretty good week last week overall. I went 9-8, and eight, so I stayed above 500. So I'll keep rolling, going to 500 three weeks in a row now. I'll take it. AJ and B, both of you all were 4-2 and two last week. So that's going to keep the records pretty much the same. Everybody's staying intact. But everyone's been above 500 three weeks in a row now, so pretty impressive streak. Let's see if we can keep it going. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. With that, let's start off with that Oklahoma and Texas game. Yeah, so a couple trends we're going to start talking about here going into week six now that we're getting more data. One thing we want to start looking at is against the spread. We're going to start talking about that as we weed these three things. Another trend we're going to start talking about, and it relates to this game, rivalry games spread we've seen pretty much no change in it whatsoever since it opened at five and a half it is staying at five and a half you saw the over under at 59 it's creeped up a little bit to 60 and a half so one and a half points up not a lot of movement there i think what you're starting to see with a lot of this stuff is this could be kind of a struggle a defensive minded game be honest with you with rivalry games they can go all over the place. So you kind of look at Texas, what they did last week. Texas was pretty close with Kansas really up until the third quarter. B's been talking to you all about this a lot, that the interior lines, both offensively and defensively, really came through. The depth really came through at the end for Texas. It was a, Texas has the ability to pile it on, but so far they've been playing some tight games in the second, third quarter with teams. Oklahoma's been pretty quiet under the radar, putting up a lot of points against some bad teams. Defense has been sneaky good under Coach Venables. So given all these variables, given the fact that it's a rivalry game, I like to lean under. Personally, I stay away from rivalry games, but I know you wanted me to pick something, so we're going to go towards the under. But I'll start with you, AJ. Where are you leaning here? I'm going to take that. Texas wins more than five and a half. I'm taking that one. I think that's a safe bet here. Texas Cup. How about the beef concurs. I'm with you, AJ. They'll get more than five and a half. Right on. All right, let's move on to the second game. Maryland travels to Columbus to play Ohio State. 
two undefeated teams. Yeah, inter- here, interesting matchup. And and I think if you look at this game maybe six months ago, kind of just looking at the names, what Maryland did last year, what Ohio State consistently does, you kind of look at this game early October and think high-power shootout. I really don't think that's going to be a case, even though you're kind of seeing some of these lines. First starting with the over and under, it started at 55.5, went up to 57.5. That's actually pretty low for Maryland and Ohio State football games to speak of. The fact they're both playing together, keeping it below 60. Uh, Spread started at 18, moving up to 19 and a half. So a little bit of movement towards Ohio State, but you always got to remember, Ohio State has a massive fan base. Their fans like to bet. They like to move that needle. So you got to be a little leery when you're looking at Ohio State and where lines are moving, especially in favor of Ohio State. Looking at these two defenses, though, I think that is going to be a storyline in this game. I would lean pretty heavy on the under here. I know it's odd at 57 and a half. I think these are two actually pretty good defenses and offenses are still getting their feet under them. But let me go to you, B, first. What are you thinking? I got to take Maryland and the points. All right. How about you, AJ? Where are you leaning? It's a tough one for me, but since turtles are like blondes, once you get them on their back, they're fucked. Ohio State covers the spread. Let's talk about LSU and Missouri, a little tiger on top. Wait a action. second. I never knew that about blondes. You lie. <laughs> I'm not a blonde person. Even them brunettes all day. Well, I mean, I agree with you on the brunette thing, but, you know, let's not pretend like ain't nobody ever been there, heard a blonde joke in their life, beef. I've just never seen any on their back. We believe you. Missionary's not your style. Face down, you. ass up. <laughs> all right. You know, besides Beavis, Beavis and Butthead moments here, let's go ahead and get on this Tiger Tiger action. Yeah, we got a matchup of two ranked teams. I know it's a podcast, clearly doing air quotes when I'm calling these two ranked teams. Starting off with the spread, you got LSU minus six and a half. That is actually dropped to four and a half. Opened at six and a half, currently sitting at four and a half. Over under, started at 62 and a half. You're seeing that creep all the way up to 64 and a half. I think everybody heard or saw or got an idea of what happened last week. LSU and Ole Miss, it was basically seven-on-seven football there. Missouri's a nice story. I try to disregard these rankings when you start getting into ranking 20 and higher. It can be a little deceptive. When I look at a game like this, I really just do not trust LSU's defense whatsoever. Not that I think Missouri's high octane. I'd probably be leaning a little bit more towards the over. I also would actually be leaning LSU to take this to lay the points there. But I'll start with you, Beef. Where are you leaning? Uh, Missouri covers the spread. Right, and you, AJ? I'm with Matt, and I think LSU covers. All right, we have cats and dogs on the next matchup. Kentucky at Georgia. What you got? Yeah, here, so really not a whole lot of movement on either the over-under or the spread. It started out at 14. Uh, I've seen some books have it go as high as 15, but most of them now are sitting pretty still at 14 and a half points. So you're thinking two touchdowns with the hook there. Over-under, it started at 48, now down to 47 and a half. So pretty much no movement whatsoever on either side. I think people are getting real spooked by Georgia. Again, as we talked about at the beginning of the show, we're going to start talking against the spreads here. Um, one of the things I look at, this is really glaring with against the spread. Kentucky this year, 4-1-0 and zero against the spread. Georgia 0-4-1 against the spread. So what you're hearing with Georgia being 0-4-1 is basically Vegas is putting out a line and Georgia's not covering it. What you're seeing with Kentucky being 4-1 is they're really exceeding expectations on what Vegas is going to do for them. Last week, Georgia you know, needed that late drive, go up seven, got a, got a late INT to secure that win. That's a mediocre Auburn team, and they just barely got by there. Kentucky, haven't really seen them get tested a whole lot, so I'm not really sure what you're going to get here. 
I think the name recognition is keeping this around 14 points. I would be leaning, especially if you're getting that hook, if you're getting all the way up to 15. I like Kentucky here. But let me start with you, AJ. Where are you going? You know, those dogs never cover, so you know they're going to end up with a STD eventually. I want to take the under here. I think it's a low-scoring game. Uh, cannot, Kentucky cannot throw the ball worth a shit, so it's going to be, have to be a low-scoring game. And you, beef. A lot of times when you get the defenses that collide like that, two solid defenses, something's got to give. They start scoring some points, and I don't think Georgia's defense is as good as it was last year, so they'll let them run. Ray Ray going to run all over them Bulldogs. We have another interesting game. Notre Dame travels out, or should say down, to Louisville. I had Louisville picked as my ACC surprise team. Seems to be working out for me so far this year. But Matt. Yeah, this this is another one. Again, as you're starting to get into conference play and you're starting to get into more data and more analytics on these teams, you're not seeing a ton of movement in spreads and over-unders. Another case here, Notre Dame was minus 6.5 to start. You've seen a little movement here and there, but currently most books have them still at 6.5, so that's staying pretty consistent. Over-under, 52.5 has creeped up just to 53.5, so pretty much no change on the spread over-under. This is one of those games, again, I mentioned it earlier, you got to get really leery when you're seeing these teams ranked in the 20s. Just because they got a number next to their name doesn't mean they're all that great. And I really believe that about Louisville here. If you look at their first five games, they have played nobody, nothing special. Last week, they were at NC State. They were down 10 nothing at halftime, needed 13 points just to get out of there. And that is a pedestrian NC State team. Notre Dame has consistently been playing in big games this year. I mean, I know the first four you can put aside, but this will be their third straight ranked opponent. I think they're in a really good place. I like what they're doing. I lay the six and a half points, but let me start with you, AJ. Where are you leaning? I'm taking Notre Dame to cover. A six and a half is too weak for me. They win by seven or more easy. And how about you, Beef? Hey, if everyone else is getting laid, I better lay the points too. We got our little chicken wing game next as matt was saying there's a lot of meat on the bone here fresno state and yeah Wyoming. thank you big 10 backers for giving us a little runway to show some love to the group of five teams i'm gonna tell you right now if you are really looking to get into betting the group of five teams is something you really want to start diving into a lot of good matchups a lot of good lines a lot of good opportunities also, a lot of you all play bowl season, do a lot of stuff during bowl season. A lot of group of five teams play in the bowl games and they play their hearts out. So you really got to start diving into these group of five teams. We're going to start looking at them one by one. Fresno State, Wyoming, great matchup. 5-0 and Fresno with 4-1 Wyoming. Spread started at minus 4.5 for Fresno State. It has now jumped up to 6.5. Over under, it actually started at 47. You've seen this drop to 43. So a little bit surprising movement there with that un- over under dropping down. Almost uh, three and a half to four points there. And I think these are two very good group of five teams. With that being said, even though you're seeing that money going to the under, I don't really see what's really driving that, to be honest with you. Wyoming's got a decent defense. Fresno's got a decent defense, but they're not outstanding ones. I would actually be leaning over, but I'm going to start with you, Beef. Where are you leaning? I'm going to go with Wyoming. Take the points and go with Wyoming? I'm going to take the points. Yep. All right. How about you, AJ? I'm with Beef. I think Wyoming covers. All right. And this one, since they're at home. But you know what time it is? Do we know what time it is? Rapid fire. Rapid fire. All right, Matt. 
Nebraska? Yeah, Illinois. you got Illinois minus three and a half at home here. You got an over under a 42 and a half. I don't trust anything from Nebraska whatsoever. I know Illinois has been spotty. Lay the points. Give me Illinois. Rutgers at Wisconsin. Yeah, you got Rutgers minus 13. You got an over under at 44. I think Rutgers has played some competitive football this year. I, I don't think they're going to win, but if you're going to give me 13 points, I'll take those. Give me Rutgers with the points. Purdue in Iowa City against Iowa. Yeah, this Iowa. one makes no sense to me. I mean, Iowa couldn't do anything with McNamara in. McNamara's out. Iowa minus two and a half. Something really funny here. Over-under is at 38 and a half. Personally, I'd stay away from this one because I don't touch Iowa no matter what. But if I had to take a choice, I'd probably go Purdue. Hopefully trying to get plus three there if I could. Wolverines are visiting the Golden yeah, Gophers. Yeah, this one. You, you, had, you had Michigan starting out minus 20. They're now down to minus 18 and a half. Over unders kind of gone down a little bit. This is a night game. It is in Minnesota, but it's early October, so weather should be good. I really think Michigan's starting to find their own rhythm, starting to click on all cylinders. I think they win this game comfortably, so I'd probably lay the points here. Washington State, UCLA. Yeah, I, I tell you what, I this is another really odd line. You got UCLA has been consistently favored in this game. I've seen it minus four. I've seen it go down to minus three. But it's really odd given the fact that Washington State ranked number 13, 4-0. They are a different team when they travel away from Pullman. I've watched a little bit of UCLA. Nothing excites me there whatsoever. You're going to give me Washington as a road dog. I'll take that all day long. Give me the Cougars and the points. Colorado, Arizona State. Yeah, this one, you got Colorado minus 4. You got an over-under 59.5. Listen, Colorado, again, I, I don't think they're ready for the prime time, the big lights against really good teams. Arizona State's one of the worst teams in the country. Give me Colorado, lay the points in Tempe. Oregon State, Cal. Yeah, this one, Oregon State kind of be minus 10, minus 9. See it shift there. You've seen that over under stay around 52 and a half, you know, plus or minus a point there. You know, Cal's done some decent things. I actually like offense a little bit more in this game. I think the offenses can shine a little bit better than defenses. I'd probably lean over here. Arizona, USC. Yeah. I know nobody in the world watched the Arizona UW game because one it was on the Pac-12 network and two it ended really late, especially for you all on the East Coast. Yeah, the score's a little deceptive. They were down 14 most of the end, kind of came back, made a seven-point game, but it wasn't that close. But they still hung tough against a very good UW team. That shows you that they can score some points against a decent defense. USC is just an offensive machine right now, but nobody trusts Lincoln Riley. Nobody trusts Alex Grinch. That defense is going to give up 24 points easily. I'd lean heavy on the over, sitting at 72. I'd go over all the way. Alabama, Texas A&M. This feels like a line, again, that's a little bit odd. It started out at minus three. I've seen it go down to minus one. At one point, you see an Alabama sitting kind of one and a half at most books right now. I don't buy anything from Texas A&M, Jimbo Fisher, whatsoever. To me, I think Alabama's starting to get consistency with their quarterback play. You know, Nick Saban knows, hey, if I win out, I got a playoff spot to do. Hard to do, but not impossible with a mediocre SEC this year. Give me Alabama here all the way. Well, it's that time. Last week, Beave picked up a little burning sensation when he peed. Will it get better? Does it get worse? We will find out next week. Matt, what do you got for him in this one? Before we get to that, I do want to mention last week, Beave taking Akron minus two and a half at home against the Bulls of Buffalo. Unfortunately, that game went to Buffalo in overtime 13-10, to so outright win for the Bulls. That did drop you to 3-1 and on the year. Unfortunately, your streak is over. 
we've got another great matchup for you this week. Eh. What do you got for me? What do you got for me? I got the Rams of Colorado State traveling down to take on the Aggies of Utah State. So you kind of scrolling through ESPN or whatever your favorite link is. You're looking at this game. You see a Colorado State 2-2 two and two team. You all remember what happened against Colorado overtime, a lot of thrillers. You see Utah State 2-3, and three, and you're kind of thinking, well, why is it fitting in this segment? Why is it a burns when you pee kind of game? Well, first off, Colorado State last week was only up by seven midway through the fourth quarter against Utah Tech. Not Utah, Utah Tech, and barely squeaked that one out at the end. Utah State's lone wins this year. They went and beat Idaho State. Again, not even Idaho, Idaho State, and needed a missed extra point by a UConn kicker to survive at UConn. So their wins are deceptive. Their records are deceptive. If you want to throw a cherry on top of this game, it is the only game this week that will not be on television. I don't know where the fan bases are finding it, but it's not on any television station you can find anywhere. So this really does fit in this game of the week. We have the Rams on the road, minus three, and we have an over-under at 63. Pretty high under for two pretty poor teams. So, Beave, are you going to redeem yourself? Where are you leaning? Of course, man. I got to stop that burn. The Rams lay the points. All right. You want Colorado State minus three? You got it. You are down, sir. Does Beave get rammed? Does Beave do the ramming? Tune in next week to find out. Got to get rid of that clap, man. All right. Well, Matt, as always, we appreciate you coming on. We appreciate you bringing these Vegas bets. We are all in the money. So if y'all want to make money, hey, tune in to Matt. Matt knows his business. He's going to get you dollar bills, y'all. But thanks, Matt. I appreciate you. Thanks for coming, man. Yeah, thank you all for having me. Hey, man, it's our genuine pleasure. We appreciate you. Until next time, we'll see if it burns when you pee. Yes, we will. Big Ten backers are out. God bless everyone. Big Ten Backers Podcast. Follow our sponsors at NIL Fanboat on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and the thread. Also visit the website, NILFanboat.com. Oh, no Midwest goodbye today.